ओम सहनावतु सहनौभुनक्तु सहवीर्यम करवावहै तेजस्विन्नावधीतमस्तुमा विद्विशावहै ओम शांतिशांतिशांतिहि वन्ना question got overlooked in the earlier class and i will address that before we before we proceed and uh, that was something to do with animals yeah yeah animals have karma in fact animals don't gather karma they have already gathered it in a human life because <laughs> instead of behaving like a human being they behaved like an animal <laughs> they were beastly and then bhagwan perhaps gave that karma phala of animal life so as an animal one doesn't gather the jiva doesn't gather karma because the animal doesn't have free will so you only accrue the results of action when the action is backed by intentionality ha that is when you know you accrue the results of action if there is no intentionality then there is you know if one is programmed you cannot have karma so the animal life is a little respite you know from uh, from agency uh, and free will uh, but you don't gather karma but before one starts becoming uh, jubilant i i there is a caveat because you can't even earn punya you can't earn good karma <laughs> you can't earn bad karma that's right but you can't earn good karma you can't get moksha you can't study uh, you cannot because moksha is through knowledge it being an it's it being an already gained uh, uh, you know freedom the freedom that's already gained has to be understood and although i'm told that a lot of pets take the online classes <laughs> they are sitting there because you are sitting there okay yeah if you got up and left they are not going to come and sit and say please you know uh tell me uh, tell me i have my spelling is not d o g it is g o d they are not going to come and say and that and assimilate this knowledge they don't need this knowledge because they don't have a uh they don't have a complex centered on the self like the human jiva does they don't have a complex centered on the self and uh, they don't need this knowledge and then they don't uh, you know and also even if uh, you know even if they uh, let's say were to sit and listen to the class they will not understand anything because the mind is not given for that so that you know that is uh, it's not an irrelevant question <laughs> it's a very very relevant question uh, because you know uh, because the because of the fact that uh, it segues into our discussion of the importance of human life for spiritual growth yeah so that's why it is very very uh, you know that's why it's very very pertinent and so the animal life is just a little you know respite from 
agency and from you know accruing karma but it is just it is it is what is called bhoga sharira where the old karma is you know worn out using that particular you know body of that particular jiva in the form of cat dog starfish etc you know very unique karmas are there you know jellyfish maybe one has transparency issues so next life jellyfish you know i'm just joking but anyhow so this is you know uh, this is something which we have to uh, th this is why uh, the human life becomes uh, extremely important for this pursuit and uh, it is something that must not be wasted you know and while no occupation is really a waste you know it is a waste only if one doesn't understand why i'm doing something if you're doing you can do a lot of things you can do a lot of things but if moksha is kept in view then whatever you do you know is helps you grow to gain this knowledge so everything that you do you can use for self uh, growth as the bhagavad gita puts it very eloquently yoginaha karma kurvanti sangantyaktva atma shuddhaye now this segues very nicely into our topic now so where is the agency we asked that question in the earlier class in uh, you know yesterday's class we asked the question where is this thing called agency where is it located because you know if if uh, i am not calling the shots in terms of the results of action and i am not really speaking even the author of action bhagavan is the author of action bhagavan is the recipient or the you know the sorry bhagavan is the giver of the result of action i am merely the instrument of action and i am merely the recipient then the question arises you know so so what is the point of acting why should i do anything at all why not just sit quietly well the bhagavad gita has news for you bhagavad gita says two things you know one is that nahi kaschit kshanam api jatu tishthatya karma krit you cannot sit quietly even for a second endowed as you are with karmendriyas uh, you know organs of action endowed as you are with the mind and then what powers both the sense organs and the organs of action fulfilled and unfulfillable desires that are there waiting 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 to you know waiting to be fulfilled waiting to fructify waiting to you know they terrorize the person and uh, they don't let you sit still and still you know suppose you are able to discipline outwardly the organs of action and you know tie the legs into a lotus position <laughs> and tie up the hands into some kind of a meditational mudra and then try to sit like that you know tie it up with a mala and sit like that then you know then bhagavan says one more thing bhagavan starts to call this kind of a jiva names he says you know uh, uh, you know he says mithyacharah sa uchyate 
the one who outwardly appears to just have a, to to be able to kind of exercise some kind of a control over the body and the mind and just sits like that and then you know but really the mind is a tsunami inside and the organs are you know really waiting to just run and waiting to be set free but the person just supposed to be sitting still such a person is called mithyachara mithyachara here doesn't mean mithya <laughs> here it means someone who is a sham yeah a pretender an impostor you know this is this so so really speaking you know the feeling why should i act if if all my not in charge of the actions and if i don't get what i want why should i act this is a tantrum yeah this is the, you know this is not this is not logical because really speaking even if you say i'm going to simply sit simply sitting is an action i'm not i'm going to not choose because choices are very hard not choosing is a choice so really speaking you can't do that that's not an option so endowed as one is with the body mind sense complex it is ripe for action it is it is there for action and so the question is what kind where is my agency best directed where is it best directed where can i you know where can i best be of use for my own growth this is really what it ultimately comes down to you know where am i where do i fit in the scheme of things and this is what is the purport of the entire third chapter because the third chapter you know you know starts with arjuna asking the same question why should i act when my action is fraught with fear horror danger and when i don't get what i want what i want is i what i don't want is the battle am i get, getting that no i'm confronted with this battle ghora karma horrible you know karma horrific karma horrific action i have to engage in i don't want that what i want to do is just be pally and friendly and have a hug with uh, drona and touch uh, dhritarashtra's feet and then you know go and sit in bhishma's lap and you know and and hobnob with all my cousins even though they don't deserve it you know perhaps we can talk it out and perhaps we can do this what i want really is to go with them for a picnic but here i am confronting them in the battle so i am not getting what i want and what i don't want is continuing to happen what i want is not happening and then besides what did you just say i picked up something you said earlier what did you say you said that 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 knowledge is freeing knowledge is self knowledge is what frees you from being identified as an actor and being wedded relentlessly to action and trying to control the shots and everything knowledge is what frees you from the notion of doership and so if knowledge frees then you know by logic we can see that karma binds action binds knowledge frees and yet what are you telling me oh krishna you are telling me to engage in this horrific karma this is how the third chapter opens 
and it's a very pertinent question it's a very relevant question and arjuna throws up his hands he says i'm confused because what i want i'm not getting what i don't want is only coming and of course when the going gets tough what is the temptation for the tough to get going so really speaking i want to run away and he had already stated the intention of becoming a renunciant in the uh, in the beginning of the second chapter he said you know i'm going to leave everything go somewhere to haridwar sit on the banks of the ganga and then you know just uh, you know put out a begging bowl or a couple of hands one chapati somebody will put one roti somebody will put and just you know swallow and enough that's all i want because i'm sick of this rajya i'm sick of this you know i'm sick of this war what is the war for uh, war is for what the battle is for victory i'm sick of victory victory is for for what for kingdom i'm sick of the kingdom what is the kingdom for you know kingdom is for happiness you know he doesn't say i'm sick of for ha- of happiness interesting but he says i'm sick of you know what is the use of being happy when all the people i can enjoy this happiness with uh, have would have perished in the battle kinno rajyena govinda kim bhogena kim jeevitena va yeshamarthe kaankshitam nah rajyam bhoga sukhani cha तैहीमे वस्थिता युद्धे प्राणांस त्यक्त्वा धनानि च सो फॉर हुज सेक वी आर फाइटिंग दिस बैटल फॉर हुज सेक टू एन्जॉय विथ होम यू नो वी ग्रू अप एन्जॉयिंग द द किंगडम विथ ऑल अवर कजिन्स एंड एक्सटेंडेड रिलेशंस द रिलेटिव्स एंड देन फॉर यू नो एंड फॉर द सेक ऑफ दिस किंगडम all of them are going to be destroyed and we are stuck with this kingdom because victory is going to be ours you say and then we are stuck with this kingdom what am i going to do with this with these spoils when there is no fun and and no one to share it with very interesting you know arjuna is a very logical mumukshu and he presents this and he says you know you say that knowledge frees but yet you are sending me back to samsara <laughs> You're sending me back to samsara <laughs> yeah why why can't i just go to haridwar when can i go to haridwar when can i go to rishikesh well the short answer if anyone else is thinking about that right this right now let me not wait till the end let me answer it right now the short answer is when you don't want to go <laughs> when you want to go it's not the right time oh but that's not fair why because very often you know especially in the indian context sanyasa starts to look very nice when one is having marital problems <laughs> when one is having problems with teenagers at home when one is having problems at work that's not what sanyasa is meant for that's not what the you know sanyasa means renunciation of action in order to pursue knowledge sarva karma sanyasa and that is not what is you know that is not something that is prematurely undertaken because if the growth is not there then you know sanyasa becomes a a, a very big liability sanyasastu mahabaho dukham aptum ayogatah yoga yukto munir brahma nachirena adhigachati 
So, sannyasahatu dukkham aptum. It is very difficult to attain a state of sannyasa in the mind, in the heart. Why? Ayogataha. Not equipped with this maxim, with understanding this maxim. What is the maxim? Karmani eva adhikarahate ma phaleshu kadachana. Not understanding and assimilating this sufficiently leads one to be, you know, a sannyasi only in name, perhaps in fame, but not really, you know, not really abiding in what it means. So it is dukkham aptum, difficult to gain internally. Why? Because ayogataha, ayogataha means without karma yoga. Without yoga, for the one who doesn't have yoga, it is very difficult. But equipped with this understanding that Bhagavan is the doer and, and Bhagavan is the giver of the recipient of action, I am just an instrument. Then what happens? You know, then yoga yuktaha, endowed with this yoga, munihi, this, can, this being who has, you know, uh, through this. Uh, emotional maturity become a, has become a contemplative being for such a being you know nachirena not too long hence adhigachati gains gains what an inner sannyasa an inner renunciation and tranquility this is what is the whole thing and so the third chapter you know gives us a certain of a blueprint to follow towards this, you know, towards this uh, non-doership, towards not internalizing this uh, notion that I am an actor, and towards uh, practicing this this uh, karma yoga that was taught in the last chapter, that you have a say only over the action not over the results. So don't be the author of action. <laughs> Do not. Karma phala hetuhu. Hetuhu means the cause. Don't be the cause of karma phala. Don't be the cause of action. Because that is that will re lead you to misery. Because you don't really control anything. And so really speaking, first, you know, one dismisses the agency. You dismiss the agent, the ahankara is shaken up so much in the course of these, you know, discussions is that the, the ahankara is shaken up nicely and told you are not the author of action. <laughs> you are not the, the, the author of the results of action. You are just an instrument. And the ahankara is now frightened. What should I do? Where should I go? Ahankara means the ego. The I notion is very frightened. And then after the agency, the notion of doership is dismissed for the ahankara, for the being, the, for the one who is, you know, the jiva who is inhabiting this body-mind complex. When the doership is dismissed, then the doership is brought in. A proper doership is brought in through the back door. Because otherwise, you know, if you dismiss doership early, then the person who is not ready, you know, 
uh, what will happen you know then every every person who is given to thievery who is given to who uh, you know all kinds of uh, defrauding people cheating people making off with their possessions will have a very unique defense what will they say i cannot i am not liable i am not accountable for this because i am a karta i am not an actor i didn't do this <laughs> that is dissociation you know and so therefore this you know so you cannot give up do worship so what do you give up you give up the notion that you are a doer while still being engaged in action this is what the whole thing is and we are going to really delineate it point by point people like that they have told me because they want to you know they want to take home something from the retreat you know that that's what it is they want some practical tips so hopefully we'll get some and if we don't you can ask for them at the end of the class if something is not clear so the do you know so the doership is dismissed for the atma and then what to do with yourself because you cannot sit and say i am a non doer and you can't just simply sit not an option because the mind is doing bharatanatyam dance it's doing an ancient indian dance you know in the head you know and and is making the body restless so what is it dancing it's the dance of desire ah it's the dance of all kinds of unfulfilled and unfulfillable desires dancing in the mind in the head in the intellect and forcing you know the person to do something to fulfill those desires this is what the third chapter is famous for raga dvesha psychology the psychology of raga strong prejudices uh, sorry strong preferences and dvesha strong prejudices whose home is from before early childhood or previous lives whatever it is all these desires one has been carrying faithfully life after life after life and one has an addictive you know obsession to fulfilling those desires desires fulfilled i'm happy and desire unfulfilled i'm sad this seems simple so what should i do i should go about fulfilling the desires keep making lists starting with bucket list <laughs> what all you want what all you want to do it will just remain as a list that's all it will remain as a list because you know it's not easy to fulfill because your own karma your own wrong results of wrong actions from this life or other lives keep coming in the way of fulfilling those desires in addition to all other hidden variables so what to do here the, there is a very clean blueprint in the third chapter you know it says pray you know devan bhavayatanena te devah bhavayantu vah prasparam bhavayantah shreyah param avapsyatha ishtan bhogan hi vo devah tasyante yagya bhavitah tair dattan apradayebhyah yo bhungte stena evasah yagya shishtasinasantah mucchyante sarvakil vishaihi bhunjate te twagham papah ye pachanti 
Atmakaranath. So these three verses, you know, really talk about a cosmic flow. There is a flow and that flow, the name for that flow is Bhagavan. So when somebody says, you know, there is a saying, go with the flow, that means go with Bhagavan's flow. There is already a flow. It is perceptible. It is, it is tangible. I don't know what to do because it's very clear. I don't know what not to do is also very clear. This is the voice of Bhagavan, you know, in this body-mind-sense complex. The voice of Bhagavan is very clear what you should do, what you should not do. You know, this is what is the voice of Dharma. Dharma is the manifestation of Bhagavan with the loudspeaker within. Yeah. And this dharma constantly comes in loggerheads, you know, what I should be doing, plus, you know, uh, uh, versus what I want to be doing. It comes at loggerheads with the, the desires. What kind of desires? Binding desires. We are not talking of ending desires. We are talking of ending the hold of desires. Ah, that Kama krodod bhavam vegam. Yeah. Shaknoti ihaiva yas sodhum. Prak sharira vimokshanath. Kama krodod bhavam vegam. Sa buddhiman sa sukhi naraha. That person is prudent, wise, and that person is the happy person. Who shaknoti. The, the one who is able to, the one who is capable of ihaiva prakshareera vimokshanath before the dropping of this body in this life itself, not somewhere in some afterlife, in this life itself is able to drop what? Kamakrodha udbhavam vegam. Those desires that exercise vega, vega means pressure. Yes. So the one who is prudent is the one and, and a happy person is the one who is able to drop strong preferences and strong prejudices, you know, and uh, uh, while being embodied in this life. Those strong preferences and prejudices, you know, something that makes you feel like I can't live without this, that, that itself, there itself is a problem. There itself is a problem. You know, because there is a certain pull there. And that becomes the inner battlefield <laughs> with the desires marching as soldiers and, you know, and uh, fighting with the soldiers, the dharma soldiers of what to do, what is the correct thing to do, etc. That is, that is the inner battlefield which the Bhagavad Gita symbolizes so beautifully. That is where the conflict is. And that's why the third chapter ends on a beautiful note. Bhagavan says, forget the enemy outside. Jahi shatrum mahabaho kama rupam durasadam. Conquer the enemy within. Conquer the enemy in the form of these, you know, uh, what is that? Uh, um, a binding and intractable desires. Conquer those desires, vanquish them first and you know that is when 
half the battle is already won. This is what the whole thing is. Half the battle is won. And what is the, the basic desire? The basic desire, of course, we have discussed earlier, is for, you know, sukha, happiness, etc. But really speaking, the basic, basic desire is to be wanted. That is the basic desire. I want to be needed. I want to belong. I want to be wanted. And then, you know, and after that is all just, you know, various ways in which I want to be, you know, wanted needed and desired and I want to be important, I want to be a Shrestha. That is the basic desire. And in e you know, in each person from different country, different continent, different gender, the desire co undergoes some kind of a little co cosmetic change, a little costume it wears, a different costume. But really speaking, that is the desire. I, I want to be needed, I want to be loved, I want to be wanted. That itself you know, comes from, I told you, not the present situation, but mummy, daddy, authority issues. Yeah. This is all from the past. You know, because the child is not able to, or not capable of understanding, you know, the, the concept of time. So if the mother says, you know, I'll be back in five minutes, it doesn't know five minutes. Five minutes seem like, you know, the whole lifetime. It feels I have I have been abandoned. She's gone. This is the one who I rely on for food, for everything, for entertainment, for love and uh, for warmth. And she has left. Of course, she comes back, but that doesn't matter because the child's processing is very different because its brain is not yet developed. Same thing, father one day says, I love you. Another day, you know, is unavailable. Third day, packs up and leaves. And so, th these, these are the things that one is confronted with. And these desires morph into certain situations and they morph into the desire for name, fame, being becoming important, having a certain kind of relationship, having a certain, you know, number of children and having the children to be a certain way. All these are from that basic four or five years where the unconscious is developed. I can't stress this enough because the child is totally dependent, total shraddha the child has in the caregivers parents or foster parents, whoever they might be, or wolves, doesn't matter. The, the, the child has total, total confidence, total shraddha, until that shraddha keeps dropping, dropping, dropping. And then the child grows up kind of disappointed. But you cannot grow up disappointed. So Bhagavan puts a nice, actually Bhagavati, the consort of Bhagavan, Maya Shakti, puts a nice little curtain on, on this, you know, painful memories. That is why it's called unconscious, because I am not conscious of this. That's why it's called unconscious. There is a curtain. And this curtain, Maya, this Mayik curtain is there. And so the child continues to laugh, play, grow. What's wrong with me? Nothing is wrong with me. I'm fine. No problem. Everything is okay. Mother is okay. Father is okay. I'm okay. Everything is okay. Siblings are fine. Yes, you know, we murder each other sometimes, but we are fine. You know, this is how the child grows up. 
the unconscious comes out in a big way when one is grown enough to deal with you know because when when one is grown enough to deal with as an adult usually after marriage it comes out <laughs> because one one person will tell the significant other you are always like this and you know in the indian context with an arranged marriage the the, other, the spouse is confused in fact one couple came to me you know he always does this she said and then he said but we have been only married 3 months what do you mean by always you know and so you you know that that word always doesn't have to do with the current you know person it doesn't have anything to do with the current situation that always is a projection from before to the current person this is what it is so whenever there is anger whenever there is disappointment whenever there is frustration whenever there is pain whenever there is sorrow whenever there is a feeling of rejection whenever there is you know all kinds of abandonment issues you know this is all <laughs> our own prasada one's own prasada from the past that's what it is this is all from the past yes i cannot change the past one cannot change the past you know but what can you do with the past you can come to terms with it and this is where the growth lies this is where one can stop looking for a shreshtha to come and you know uh, what is that pick one up and take one somewhere and you know and for this sense of belong for this sense of role model and for someone to just you know uh, take care of me all those feelings whatever are there you know they are there because the unconscious is crying for attention there is a pain there that needs to be addressed and even though sometimes people tell me you know i don't know you keep talking about the unconscious i have not found it at all you know you have found it think about the times you were disappointed think about the times you were angry think about the times you you were frustrated and you thought you were frustrated because of the current situation but the frustration usually happens the current situation is just a nimitta is an excuse to bring up the gamut of the past and so the past has to be made into a repast yeah <laughs> what is repast not the rehashing of the past no repast means a delicious dinner you just you know make short shrift of it that's what it is so the past is clouding over the present threatening to swallow up all the all the goals ambitions and righteous desires because these desires are not wrong these kinds of desires are wrong because wrong means they they hold the person down otherwise without desire adi shankara would not have written bhashya for so many upanishads without desire pujya swami ji would not have taught so many classes so many courses without the desire there would be no uh, atma bodha tatva bodha all these vedantic works bodha sara you know but it's it, it it is a different desire than the kind of desires that we have been talking about because the kind of desires that i'm talking about right now have to do with 
that basic insecurity and the feeling that I'm not wanted, that is what has to be loved up. And it's, you know, it's tempting to give that feeling that, you know, it's, it's embodied as an inner child that feels it is a child's feeling, it's not the adult's feeling. So it's, it's very tempting to give the child to the significant other to babysit and foster, but it doesn't work. It only works for a little while. Because we are talking of frozen needs. It's like a balloon that you had when you were two years old. And a very uh, naughty sibling came and burst the balloon. <laughs> and you were not able to overcome that sorrow, that pain, that feeling like I never get what I want. And whenever I get something, it is taken away. And that feeling, you know, doesn't go away. Even if somebody gives you two dozen balloons, why one? Have 24 balloons. That feeling you are stuck with. That's what it's called a frozen need. You're stuck with that feeling until and unless you are able to actually work with it and, you know, love it up. What does it mean, work with it? Offer it up as a prayer. We talked about the altar. Ah. And see this as a manifestation of the infallible. Even my conscious, sorry, even my unconscious is the manifestation of Bhagavan. So you take it. <laughs> I'm giving it back to you. Tera tujko arpan. This is a Hindi phrase, you know. Yeah. So whatever you have given me, that only I can give back to you because everything belongs to you anyway. Take it. Help me overcome this. That should be the prayer of every mumukshu. Help me overcome this need. First you own up the need rather than putting it on the other person. And secondly, you work with it, you, you offer it up for prayer. And other things work, works also. Yoga works, therapy definitely works. All these things, you know, writing it out works, talking it out works. All these things we d deploy, these ways of dealing with it so that it's, we are not trying to get rid of it. We are trying to integrate this, this sad little crying baby. Because who wants a crying baby? You know, you just don't want to deal with it. Why? <laughs> because, you know, it is painful. It's painful to deal with that inner crying baby. But it has to be soothed. And the only way to do it is for you to be the Shreshtha that it wants. Ah. It wants a Shreshtha. Be the Shreshtha that it wants. Be the exalted, important person in its life, in the inner child's life. You do that and you see that immediately there will be a shift. Sometimes there will be a little relapse in the beginning because in the beginning what will happen is, you know, the child and the, the adult starts counseling the child and the child starts to first be a little suspicious and then the adult persists and the child starts to listen, the inner child I'm talking about. And then what happens? And then the adult, when it gets too painful, the adult starts to identify with the child and there is no more counsellor. <laughs> there is no more Shreshtha. Shreshtha has become, you know, has become the inner child. That's when you have to Uddharet Atmana Atmanam Uddharet Atmana Atmanam Na Atmanam Avasadayet Atmaivahi Atmano Ripuhu Atmaivahi Atmano Bandhu Atmaivaripuhu Atmanaha 
so that is the time to lift yourself up with the help of the shastras with the help of bhagavan's grace with the help of everything that you have learned not to sink when that sinking feeling comes you know you know that this identification has taken place so you have to lift yourself up and continue as an adult even though there is a relapse but what do you mean continue as an adult and this is where the third chapter is very beautiful because it says that this whole world this whole jagat this universe starting with your own body is not purposeless in other words it's not unwanted ha <laughs> huh? so how can you think of yourself as a reject how can you think of yourself as an abandoned being how can you think of yourself as not fitting not belonging because we have already discussed that everything that is here is infallible it's the infallible touch of bhagavan so to this body is a, is an infallible manifestation of bhagavan if you were not needed why are you here if you were not wanted why do you have a body you know and so that is what we have to see so this is the, the so here we are now we are going point by point and uh, i want to uh, uh, alert people that i will be going a little bit over because i don't want to rush through this you know you can blame me because i spent some time chatting in the beginning <laughs> so you know so i'll just take a little more time today since it's the last class so you know so the first point is to is to see that i'm not an accident and sometimes the parents will say this you know especially in india it's very funny people will say oh we didn't want a second child but anyhow here this one has come along <laughs> without without thinking of you know how that person might feel but still you know this is uh, uh, that's not an accident even though the parents say that you know that's not an accident nobody is an accident nothing is an accident even a roadside accident is not an accident according to the uh, to the vedantic view it's just two cars want to occupy the same place at the same time that's how it is it's not an accident it is a, it is the infallible manifestation of bhagavan and you are your body mind sense complex is an infallible manifestation of bhagavan and what presides and presides over this body mind sense complex is an infallible manifestation of bhagavan and and the ego the ahankara that is owning up the body mind sense complex is an infallible manifestation of bhagavan and my desires painful and otherwise infallible manifestation of bhagavan and and uh, my feelings are also valid infallible manifestation of bhagavan in the form of the the whole gamut of the psychological order that given these this kind of a childhood given these circumstances this person will feel abandoned in this way infallible manifestation of bhagavan so how 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 come your life is not purposeless how can you say my life doesn't have meaning it has meaning it has purpose you know it has meaning and purpose you know i was once in uh, colorado and i met this this boy who has passed since a small boy 3 years old and uh, wordlessly these young parents put him in my lap 
and all he did was have his eyes closed he could not do anything he could not even lift up his head he could not talk he could not walk he just you know sometimes they gave a little milk he drank sometimes he choked so they fed him with a stomach tube well, once you know sometimes and that's all he did was just lie there you know this was in colorado when i had gone and young parents they had tears streaming down their you know two or three year old boy and they just put him in my lap and uh, they had tears streaming down because they had tried everything the doctors did not know you know what what was, had happened he was fine until he was 6 months old laughing playing like you know a normal baby and uh, some disability some terrible disability nobody knows what happened and he was just you know uh, there and they were just the, the mother was beside herself the father was beside himself and they said what what is this you know why do we why why does he still and and sometimes he used to be in pain so you could see his face was contorted and that would send the mother into a tizzy because she couldn't handle the baby being in so much pain and they didn't know where it was hurting they didn't know what was happening and all they could do was hold him he could not hear i forgot to tell you this he could not see and we don't know whether he could taste none of the senses were uh, working no karmendriya was working no gyanendriya was working nothing was working was that why purposeless no <laughs> in fact the more i talked to them the more stories came out about how they got married they were, it was some kind of a it was almost like out of a some novel because they belonged to two families who were very uh, you know uh, upset with one another for many generations it sounded like a hindi movie plot and despite that these youngsters decided to get married and uh, they were very upset the families were very upset both of them disowned them on both sides they were disowned they were just you know making it uh, somehow uh, you know by themselves no support from anyone and then this child was born and the child gave the gift of bringing the families together and bringing all the people together and the child was such a joy you know because there was something about that presence you could you could tell it was a very very calming presence it was a very holy presence you really it was like little buddha holding little buddha it was like that and uh, and everybody and people would just come to their house just to sit and hold him for some time and then at uh, when he was 4 or 5 he just passed away quietly and they wrote to me about it and so this is the this is what even when such a child who is incapable of doing anything is not a burden on society has gifts to bring what to talk of someone where where everything all the organs are intact so this is the first thing this is point number 1 i my life is not without my life is meaningful and purposeful you write this down my life is mean full and purposeful and one a i have all my life to discover what that meaning and purpose is and even if i do not discover it's okay i will still do my best to be you know to be each day to be my best each day 
I will strive, I will try to be my best each, each, each day. This is what it is, being an adult, growing into a, a mature person emotionally. This is what it entails. I'll do my best every day. It doesn't matter what my purpose is, but there is a purpose. Sometimes there are many purposes. My life is, with, you know, is meaningful, is purposeful. And point number two, I belong to Bhagavan. <laughs> the whole world may reject me, but Bhagavan will never reject me. Therefore, I have to do A. Point two A. Therefore, I have to start forging a relationship with the only entity which is incapable of rejection because I belong. Because that is where, you know, that is where I belong. So therefore, Point three, I have to transition, you know, to be first a devotee and then a son and a, or a daughter. First a devotee, a devotee son, devotee daughter, devotee spouse, devotee mother, devotee father. You know, so the role, you know, all the other roles have to be filtered through the role of the devotee. So the devotee comes first. So the most important relationship Bhagavan is my significant other. Really, that is true. That is true. And that is where the relationship is carefully forged. And prayer is the song or the language of this relationship. And even though in the beginning it seems one-sided, you know, it is not. Because you see your own intentionality and your prayers affecting the lives of others and of yourself as well. Things happen. Things do happen. And sometimes you say, I wish I could have some, you know, ice cream. And suddenly you get ice cream, somebody brings it to you. How did that happen? Your wish, you know, <laughs> traveled and allowed that, that ice cream to come. Really, it's the power of that sankalpa shakti. It is the power of that intention. Things happen. And sometimes you say, I wonder what this person is doing. You think of a friend you haven't seen in a while. And I've not been in touch with them. Maybe I should write them an email or something or call them. But you don't do anything about it. And the very next day, the person calls or better still shows up at the door. And then you say, oh my God, I was just thinking of you yesterday. Accident? No. Incident? Yes. Incidentally. <laughs> so, so know that thoughts have power. Your thoughts are powerful. Your thoughts, you know, especially coming from the intention of, uh, you know, what is that called? Um, when thoughts come from binding desires, they are not so powerful as thoughts that are freed of the binding desires. Ah. That is, that is something to remember. Because the thoughts coming from the, uh, from the pressure to fulfill the binding desires, you know, become very subjective. And they don't have the power. They don't have that, uh, that uh, Kriya Shakti. That Ichha Shakti is without Kriya Shakti. Without the power to manifest, it doesn't have that power of manifestation. And so the, the thoughts have power. And, uh, you know, when we were small, our elders would tell us, you know, be careful what you think all the time. 
don't go down this road of just sort of you know self flagellating thoughts beating yourself up all the time don't do that because you know you have uh, you know there are little angels and gods you know not gods devatas that are keeping on saying tathastu 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 their name is tathastu devatas tathastu means so be it so be it there are little devatas that are flying around and they keep saying so be it so be it <laughs> in other words if you know yad bhavitam tad bhavati you know that didn't help let's try it in english so in other words you know whatever you conjure whatever is the is the mental makeup of the person they will see the same thing everywhere so if one is feeling abandoned all the time one is setting oneself up for abandonment at every interaction at every road corner one sees abandonment because one is wearing the glasses of abandonment this is what it means and so therefore the you know so this 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 prayerfulness and you know and allowing oneself to pray and allowing you know oneself to forge a connection with bhagavan becomes very very important and then the next point i forget which one it is whatever it is the next one has to do with you know uh, letting go or at best uh working with ragas and dveshas the strong preferences and prejudices how does one do that offer it up at the altar just say i have given this to you and if you see fit do it otherwise it's all right it is no longer my desire i have given it to you free me of this desire this can be constantly said and constantly intended and then in addition to that there some inner work is important because when those desires that are unfulfillable they go against dharma i'm not supposed to do it it is not for me you know when those desires come knocking at the door they don't knock knock they come without knocking <laughs> they they use a battering ram and force them their way into the psyche and they create pressure to be fulfilled get up and do something else change the channel change what you're doing that's what it is repeatedly one beats them at their own game by changing what one is doing it is a very effective strategy and if that doesn't work you know you can try talking yourself out of it in the sense of you know see the whole trajectory okay if i get this what will happen then what will happen then what will happen and then you see that this is against dharma or this is not for me or even if i get this i will be unfulfilled and you know and you can logically see that you can see what is it is like to really have this and then would you still be wanting whatever it is you know so that is some you know that is the way to deal with this uh, that is yet another way to deal with binding desires but the most important way is to is to uh, deal with the binding desires by not having any time for them <laughs> keep yourself busy the vaidika life the vedic life has to do with just doing things from morning to night and this is what i said bringing in the doership through the back door first giving up the notion i am a doer giving the doership to bhagavan and then letting my actions be filtered through that notion that bhagavan is the doer through that understanding 
so bringing the actions in after dismissing the actor is a very safe proposition so the vedic lifestyle you know you starts before sunrise aludite juhoti agnihotra you start a fire ritual and of course the prep should have been made the night before because you don't have all day to make the prep so the preparations have been done and you start with a fire ritual a prayer and then a ritualized prayer and then after that what will happen you go and do something else and then you do you know then there are uh, five kinds of yagyas yagyas means offerings there are duties towards the parents there are duties towards the spouse there are duties towards the children there are duties towards the you know the neighbors there are duties towards a, a drop in guest there are duties of all kinds which are yagyas means yagya means yaj to pray it's a form of invocation the whole life is is an endless invocation that is what makes one you know graduate from a person who prays to being a prayerful person the whole attitude is different anything that you that you do is prayer and so we can we can uh, uh imitate this even though we don't have all those vedic duties anymore we don't follow that and in fact even this agnihotra fire rituals there are only 398 people in india who are who have been nitya agnihotris somebody did a survey recently so even in india it is it is falling into disuse nobody is leading this kind of a life anymore but we can help ourselves with the principle of it meaning keep busy doing meaningful things and so when you have no time to do non meaningful things the ragadveshas will get tired and they will just go to sleep and then ultimately they will go away first you know the bhagavad gita says you know niraharasya dehinah so first you starve the the starve the psyche starve the psyche of those ragadveshas because you have no time for them the ragadveshas come what about me what about now no now is time for prayer what about me what about now no i am serving somebody right now what about me what about now no now i am you know doing volunteer work in the homeless kitchen what about now now i am helping somebody else what about now now is vedanta class don't come near the vedanta class you are not an adhikari you don't belong okay what about me what about now sorry bed time <laughs> so niraharasya dehinah so for the person who is on a ragad who is on a conscious ragadvesha fast what happens <laughs> you know the ragadvesha says not so fast <laughs> you may not fulfill me but i will i will keep bothering you mentally i will flood your dreams i will flood your waking moments so that you can't get away from me rasavarjam rasopyasya param drishtva nivartate bhagavad gita says don't worry even if you're thinking about the ragadveshas when will i have some time when i can really let go do some horrible things when can i do this <laughs> the thought pattern is going and uh, it says even though rasavarjam even though the person has put these ragadveshas on a fast the person is on a ragadvesha strict ragadvesha diet you know a fast not uh, going there the ragadvesha still entertain a mental stranglehold they hold the mind 
but bhagavan krishna says doesn't matter param drishtva nivartate nivartate means they will go back they will resolve how you know in the life after directing all the ragadveshas to vedanta because really what vedanta gives is the is the fulfillment of the only desire what is that only desire i want to be acceptable to myself i want to not be judging myself i want total self acceptability total self acceptance i want no self criticism and i i want to be wanted by myself really that's what i want i want to be free of this relentless insecurity centered on the i that is really what everybody wants and that is moksha and when the these stupid ragadveshas i want this i want that i want that person i want this so many things useless nonsensical things things which just take up space things which are a waste of time you know when all those are directed towards that gaping hole which is the real desire which is really the only desire the only desire is to stop being a desiring wanting person that's the only desire and when that all those ragadveshas are directed right there you know then these ragadveshas have no more work you know they go on unemployment they go on the dole because they don't have anything to do yeah they are permanently unemployed so therefore bhagavan krishna says be patient don't you know be patient persevere patience persevere uh, perseverance and prayer this is how we get through the ragadveshas one by one in fact one of them is knocked away five six go really because they are all upalakshanas they stand for you know so many other things so this is how one makes gains and otherwise if we give them the time of day bhagavan krishna says mahashanah mahapapma vidhi enam vairinam vidhi enam vairinam these are the enemies mahashanah because they keep eating keep eating keep demanding more and more and more so don't give them the time of day they will settle down next point you know know that you have a sphere of influence know that people are watching you and i don't mean to say it in a bad way like oh you are you are being surveilled no know that people are looking up to you no but nobody looks up to me in fact i myself look down upon myself so how can somebody look up to me you know you don't know that people look up to you and in fact even if they don't know you they see you walking on the street they see you entering a cafe and how you interact with the the patrons there and how you interact with the cashier they they might be just watching and they might be inspired something might inspire them it may just make their day this is how one grows into the shreshtha so never forget that never forget that actually you have a sphere of influence you know even if all that you are doing is interacting with your cat you still have a sphere of influence because unbeknownst to you somebody is deriving some inspiration somewhere somebody is you know uh, seeing some purpose out of your existence and your interaction 
So Bhagavan says, move from that standpoint, knowing that even a small little action makes a big difference. You know, like the little chipmunk in Rama's time, you know, the, the, uh, there was a bridge going to be built from Rameshwaram to Jaffna, from India to Sri Lanka. There was a bridge going to be built, Rama Setu. And all the Vanaras and the bears and all the, the these uh, monkey type humanoids, they, they all brought these big boulders, they were big and strong, and they plonked them into the sea. And then they just felt very good that they had, you know, contributed a lot. And then what? And then these little chipmunk, this little chipmunk thought, I do want to carry something. I, I do want to help Rama find uh, Goddess Sita. I want to find, help Lord Rama and the army to march on this. What can I do? So it could only hold a few pebbles in its mouth and it just filled up the little places between where the two stones were there. And then it was sitting there feeling very dejected. It said that, you know, I uh, I'm not able to do these big big things. It saw everybody carrying these big boulders and feeling very good, and all uh, the chest is out, and you know feeling very happy with themselves. And it was sitting and crying. Lord Rama came and said, "Why are you sad, oh little chipmunk squirrel? Why are you sad?" It said, "Look, all these bears and these monkeys, they are carrying these big big things." And uh, I have, I can just carry a few pebbles and sand in my mouth. That's all I can do. And then Lord Rama says, but look, because of those sand and pebbles, the, the boulders are being held together. You are so important. What you have done is so important. And so saying, he pet it. And we still say that the three lines on the chipmunk's back are the fingerprints of Lord Rama caressing the squirrel and saying that it is very important. You know? So that is the whole understanding. That nothing that you do is small. Even if it is small, it is, it is within the flow. It is important because even the small thing is important. You know, Pujya Swamiji would al always say like this, that there was all this, this in, a, in a big machinery, there was a little screw <laughs> that had lost its screw, <laughs> you know, with a human mind. And it had all kinds of fanciful ideas. And it saw the piston going like this. It saw another wheel going like this. It saw the third wheel going clockwise. And it saw all these other things going up and down and doing things. And it said, I'm just a small little nut. <laughs> and I'm sitting here. I'm not doing anything. I think I should also start moving. <laughs> I should also start moving. And it started to move and unravel. Small little screw. And in fact, it was the screw that was holding the whole blessed machinery in place and when it unraveled the whole thing fell apart so don't underestimate your very presence your work your you know your your just by being you are contributing and what to talk of when you really start contributing when you really are inspired to contribute in a certain way even without that, even without knowing what the meaning in your life is or what may be your purpose, you are still a contributor. So allow that to sink in. And when you allow that to sink in, more spontaneous ways of how to go with the flow and contribute with the flow 
you know will start to will start spuranam will start to take place will we will be inspired spurat spurti means inspiration you will be inspired this is what happens because all changes start with you know small things alparambham shreyaskaram nobody starts big you have to start small somewhere doesn't matter you know harvard university was started in a basement of a house in a small little room in the basement and look where it is now this is how it is so everything starts small doesn't matter if you start small but you keep at it and know that what you're doing is you know what you're doing is 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 important you know you have to see that you're making a difference and all those noises in the heart in the head that keep saying i'm no good i'm nothing i'm not making a difference offer it up in prayer repeatedly and then a day will come that you will grow so big as a result of this that all the problems become tiny that is the way to to make the problems go away you become bigger than them that's all then all the problems all the consternations all the worries all the fears all these you know all these chatter mind chatter it is called this loop you know the vicious cycle of chatter i'm not this i'm not that why is this happening to me what about this what about that it all just become small because you have outgrown the problems yad yada charati shreshtha tattadeva itaro janah so you become a shreshtha you become exalted in through your own you know self growth and then you become an inspiration to others and whatever you decide whatever sankalpa you make it becomes a instant hit it becomes a sensation like aim for seva pujya swami ji had the sankalpa aim for seva we will do this you know and uh, you know i was with him then when the whole uh, thing was conjured in his head so i was able to see how he thought what he thought and it started very small it started with a small talk uh, a 15 minute talk he gave to two three you know people of means in in coimbatore when he invited them to the anekatti ashram and then they couldn't come because it was far and it was you know it was they had various commitments these were big busy businessmen and so he said okay i'll you you choose a place i'll come so in one of their homes it was set up and just a small little crowd four five people that's all and he just said this is what i want to do and this is what it is and this is how i see it happening and i'd like you to be with me i'd like you to make a start and all of them just you know looked at each other they said swami ji we are ready to help you we we just you know uh, love you and have great respect for you immense respect for you but uh, what can we do we can't do anything swami ji said i'll take care of that you don't worry about what you can do you just be with me that's all it is and look at now what you know it's a big movement recognized by the united nation like that so everything starts small our problem sometimes is that we are suspicious of small things we want to start with a big bang you know guess what only the big bang can come with a big bang because that is bhagwan's bang <laughs> you know the the big bang of the manifestation of the universe is bhagwan's bang and that was of course big everything else you know when you compare it to the infinite it is small by contrast yeah 
so with these tiny hands with the tinier brain with the tiny you know what is that space in the heart after all the ragadveshas have had their say you know little space i can only start small it's okay small you know little drops of water make the ocean little grains of sand makes the beach that's i'm 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 murdering in a, a wonderful poem you know but you can understand the uh, uh you know you can understand what the uh, the purport of it is it's uh, it, it was of course that poem is much more eloquent than that but doesn't matter you got the gist of it so everything is small 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 and when the, all the small things you know start to accrue then suddenly without knowing without intending you find that you have become big you have become bigger than your problems you have become become bigger than your insecurity you have become bigger than all these nonsensical desires you have bigger become bigger than your complaints you have become bigger than the significant others complaints and you just allow things to be unafflicted you know you just walk that is the path of shreshthatvam and that's when the atma in the form of self knowledge starts to reveal itself you may have booked made, made a booking with a guru long before you know i want you as the guru and i want to study okay but really speaking the study starts you know when the shreshthatvam starts when one starts to become a shreshtha in one's life the study goes deeper whatever is taught sits whatever is taught gets assimilated and so there are many many reasons even if you are not interested i mean the study is of course the ultimate reason for every vedantin to to invite this journey into shreshthatvam to grow into a more compassionate less reactive more uh, you know patient and uh, less ordinary person but even if one is not interested in the studies it makes for a life that's filled with sanity and joy and so therefore you know as one embarks on this journey you know one one can remember that you know one can remember this verse that you know that life uh, not just this verse the purport of this whole chapter that your life has purpose and meaning and sometimes others discover the purpose and meaning even before you so we'll stop here and if there are any questions i will uh, you know attend to them and thank you for joining this retreat it was a lot of fun and it is over so soon i mean i thought we had many more classes but we'll await the next one whenever that is om tat sat om purnamadav purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate पूर्णस्य पूर्णमादाय पूर्णमेवावशिष्य ओं शाति 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 हरि ओं श्रीगुरुभ्यो नम हरि ओं